morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. And welcome back to another installment of your favorite show, Way Off Sides, where a couple of guys who like to pretend like we know what we're talking about get together and ramble on about everything that's not on our show notes for an hour. We're happy to have you with us tonight. I almost, guys, I almost uh, I almost started quoting the Prince of Bel-Air lyrics there with the, a couple of guys who were up to no good, you know? Almost. That's right. I got to be careful we don't get copyrighted. Uh, anyway, so got, look, we're less than two weeks out from the official start of the college football season from Labor Day weekend. But to be honest, we've got games starting this Saturday. Week zero. Week zero. College football is upon us, guys. The most wonderful time of the year. I'm excited. I can't I, – I, you know, I used to watch um, Last Chance U as kind of like my – my prelude to to football um they're not doing the show anymore but we got the uh um a little college football show on netflix about first of all you had the johnny manziel show which by the way uh side tangent right off the bat how can you watch that show and be okay with reggie bush still not having his heisman trophy back well roll time amen you know from my understanding of Reggie Bush has filed a lawsuit against the NCAA. Good. Good. Absolutely. Because if if they're going to not give that man his trophy back and you've got Johnny Manziel and his old friend slash manager talking about all the illegal stuff they did when he was at A&M for the world to hear and you're not going to penalize him by taking his, man, get out of here. That's absolutely – the trophy has no meaning anymore. And and Reggie Bush did what? He took some – some booster in inducement that he, he probably signed autographs and stuff too. But I mean, who cares? Exactly. Was he the best player in the country that year or what? Absolutely. Just like Johnny Menzel was the year he won it. And Vince, Vince, uh, I was going to say Vince Vaughn, but, uh, Vince Young, Vince Young. Yeah. Not Vince yeah. Vaughn. <laughs> Although Vince, Vince Vaughn did run a good hunt route in uh wedding crashes. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Was he in? He wasn't in Longest Yard, was he? No, that's Adam Sandler. Yeah. I I need a. And then Burt Reynolds did the original, right? That's right. Okay, side tangent over. Um, another really interesting show of late. Um, I actually binge watched it earlier today. There's four episodes of uh, I don't know the official title, uh, Kings of the Swamp or something like that, and it's about the um, uh, early 2000. Florida Gator teams under Urban Meyer and, uh, you know, those two national championship teams heralded by Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Although um, they gave no story about Aaron Hernandez or um, uh, what's his name? Riley Cooper. Right. Anybody like that on the, team? Yeah, the Pouncey twins, uh, all that stuff kind of just, uh, was left out for some reason. I, I guess Netflix already has a full documentary on Aaron Hernandez, so they felt like they didn't need to go into a lot of detail about it. But um, I mean, that's a big—that's the biggest story of that team, and it got left out of this documentary about their national championship years. I, I don't—I guess I'm struggling to understand why they got a, a documentary in the first place. What? It, it, I, I think there's just been a lot of people wondering, you know, with in the years since you got the Pounceys. Riley Cooper, you got uh, Aaron Hernandez, you got Urban being the dirt bag that Urban is. You know, well, I guess there's just been this curiosity of what what happened down there. And my wife and I watched the, the first episode tonight. And we're like, 
yep, we still don't like Urban. Yeah, well, absolutely not. I mean, but it, it, I don't know. It, it's like it tried to hit at, you know, the ridiculousness that was going on within the program, but it focused more on them winning national championships, which, you know, kudos to them. They won two in the 2000s. Um, they were ultimately dethroned by Alabama in 2009, but uh, I just, I don't know. It just, it seemed weird to me that, you have all so so much going on, and especially after Meyer left Florida, he got a lot of bad press. He didn't do well at Ohio State, and now, uh, you know his his latest stint with the Jaguars. And then, of course, there was what was it last year, the year before, where he was filmed in the uh, bar with the oh yeah, bread. <laughs> you know. And so it, yeah. it seems to me, I feel like it was a last ditch effort for for Meyer to kind of convince the world, hey, look, I'm a good guy. We, we all know you're not, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> you know. Well, he, now, you, you said he didn't do well in Ohio State. He did do well. He just didn't finish well because you got the whole Zach Smith and you know, well, everything sure, sure. came apart. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, yeah, he did well in terms of winning, wins and losses. But, I mean, uh, he, he didn't get close to what he accomplished at Florida at Ohio State. No. Um, or not, 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 uh, not close at all. Um. Well, maybe that's not an accurate statement. But anyway, um, I, well, my whole point being that I feel like Meyer used that documentary to try to change the public's perception of him. He probably uh, did. I don't. I think that's that was his focus, but it kind of reinforced it for me. I think I think Urban is always looking out for Urban. I think he's always trying to get a leg up. You know, he's a young. He's not even sixty. So he. I think. I think he's definitely in. You know, probably looking toward. I got more life left in me. I know a lot of football, et cetera. But, uh, you know, who wants to touch that? Is he still working for Fox? I think they brought him back last year. Or was it was it the Big Ten? Well, who was he working for? Uh, I think it was Fox. He came back. Yeah, I think year. it was Fox. Uh, that'd be interesting. Maybe he's trying to get on ESPN. He'll end up on game day one, uh, eventually. Um, and I'll continue not to watch. Uh, or maybe maybe he can go hang out with Stephen A. Smith and talk about the Cowboys all the time. Yeah, seriously. Um, anyway, there's Chris, have you watched? There's... Go ahead. No, I was just, Chris, have you watched? I have not watched. We're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to revisit this conversation after after you watch. I feel like you're gonna have a lot of opinions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of opinions. I, I got through all four episodes I um, because it's Florida. Well, I mean, it, it, to me, it's always interesting, no matter who the program is, to kind of get an inside, you know, behind the curtains look at what's going on. You know, there's a big, there's a big altercation scene between Tebow and Brandon Spikes, and you know, um, things, you know, kind of like that. Of course, Meyer takes the blame for it, but, um, but uh, just something else that caught me off guard is, <laughs> you know, that a lot of the players on this on this team, uh, Brandon Spikes. Um, they are talking about the issue with the 2009 team and why they didn't go on to repeat as national champions. And of course they leave out the fact that Alabama was better than them. Um, but what, what they're talking about is how there was some uh, envy and separation created on the team because Tebow, you know, he, he was the, he was the guy, they called him the golden Gator. And um First and foremost, I thought it was interesting because they they don't talk about Tebow being the the eye of the media because of how good he was. He was the best player in college football. He had already won a Heisman Trophy. 
they blame it on the fact that he's white. They get if he was a I can't remember who said it, but they literally say in the documentary, if he was a black player, would he have gotten as much hype? Probably not. That didn't sit well with me, man. Why does everything have to boil down to race? Like, why? The pro, college football is predominantly an African American sport. Why do you have to boil that issue down to race? I don't I don't understand. Now, Somebody help who, me out. Who made this documentary? Uh, it's on Netflix, uh, so I'm assuming Netflix. We, you know, we don't know. It, is it part of the Untold series? Yeah, it is part of that, and it was a group okay. out of England that did the production. So right. they don't even really understand American football. Right. That, well, but, that's fantastic because, you know, that, that, that goes to show that the rest of the world views this as race-baiting bigots exactly. uh, because that's and, all we ever fight and talk about. And it's just ridiculous that that would be a point of division on it. If it had been about Steve McNair, nobody would be complaining that Steve McNair was black. No kidding. Steve McNair should have got the Heisman that year. He was he was probably the best player in the nation, and because he played at a small HBCU, he was invited to New York, and that was it. But Steve McNair was an amazing quarterback. Tim sure. Debo was an amazing college quarterback. Absolutely. Um but I also think that Tebow is a prime example of some of the talk we've had about uh, players, specifically quarterbacks, at big-name schools um, being bigger than the program and the turmoil that causes in the cohesion of the locker room. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've I've kind of – I've referenced Tua and Bryce, mostly Tua, uh, talking about that at Alabama. And I just – I found it interesting that there was some resentment there um, – from these big names, you know, these guys, a lot of these guys talking, they ended up getting, you know, lucrative NFL contracts. They, they had, I know Brandon Spikes had a, had a pretty solid NFL career, um, you know, and a lot of them were talking about how there's this resentment towards Tebow because he was, he, he was the golden boy of, of the Florida Gators. And he still is today. He's synonymous with that program. Um, just like I think, you know, Tua, Mark Ingram, uh, guys like that are always going to be synonymous with Alabama. Derrick Henry, um, Mac Jones, you know, uh, Bryce, of course, uh, and Devontae Smith. But it, it's just, it's interesting to me that uh, somebody that talented, um, because he was that talented, he became the focal point of the media. It created, it, I think it's easy to forget that we're, we're talking about 18 to 22 year olds here. And, uh, you know, sometimes their emotions aren't in the right place. Sometimes they're, uh, there's jealousy, resentment, all these, all these things towards somebody else who's getting the, the the spotlight. Especially if you come in being told by your coach you're a five star guy who's going to get immediate playing time, and you're going to change the face of the program. Then all of a sudden, there's somebody else, you know, uh, in front of the camera. And it's it, the the cop out is to blame it on race, and that just did well, not sit me well. I agree. It's a cop out. It's it's a it's a lazy man's way of of, of avoiding better topics. And and you know why not be 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 celebratory that if you were on that team from 05 to 2010, you were on one of the biggest dynasties in college sports to that time. Yeah, and you didn't, especially if you're on that team and you didn't wind up dead or in prison. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 and, and it, it, I mean from 05, really 06, 06 to 2010. They 
absolutely dethroned USC from the media spotlight. Absolutely. There uh I, I would I would say that Florida was the catalyst to the SEC's run that we yeah, that oh, we're I, still I, in the middle of today. Florida started I, they exactly are. And um you know Vince Young actually was the year before Urban got to got to get to Florida. Vince Young they beat USC in 05. Urban gets there in 06 and and the SEC takes over. Cuz Interesting. Maybe uh, we don't give Urban enough credit. Yeah. Maybe we don't. But Nick Saban dethroned Urban. Uh, so and, it, and and did it so much so that Urban questioned his life. Yeah, uh, he does in that documentary. Man, he talks think, about I, how I, depressed I really, he is, and he he thought he was going to die. And I think I, that is one of the saddest things I've ever heard. Is that an adult man is so locked into that. What's yeah. what's what's great to me is, and I don't mean to cut you off, but what's great to me is, you got Urban sitting in the chair talking about his mental health and how his health was bad and his mentality's bad and he's in this dark place, and then you've got Brandon Spikes on the other side that's like, I don't know why they were going so hard. It's just football. It's not that big of a deal. I thought that <laughs> <laughs> that was great. You know, <laughs> the uh, the two mentalities, uh, uh, you know, of two successful people in the world of football. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, because, I mean, we, we take football so serious down here, but it is just, yeah. a game. you know, it, it, it is a game. And for some people, yeah, it is their life. But for the majority of us, it's not. And we could take it overboard, especially in the state of Alabama. You get, people get killed over the Iron Bowl and absolutely ridiculous. You know, you got the Harvey Updikes of the world. Absolutely ridiculous. And so, um, Im- imagine being willing to kill another person over – a sports team that has no idea you exist. That's my cousin. <laughs> I, I think it's better just to walk away. Well, yeah, those are the same people calling the fine bomb show. <laughs> well, and those people, I guarantee you in the police report, it said alcohol was involved. Oh, hundred percent, man. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I was telling you guys before the show, we just sent our second oldest to college. And uh, we said to sit down and have a long talk with her about the the culture of college and how sadly it's still majorly centered around alcohol. And they're still, even to this day, there's still a rape culture in college. And, uh, you know, it's just, I hate that we have to have that talk with our kids when we're sending them somewhere, um, ideally supposed to be to better themselves. But, um, you know, that's just, uh, I don't know, man. This is a crazy world. It's a crazy world. By the way, uh, Mr. Feinbaum, if you're listening, um, I issued a challenge to you um, last week. And I, I know you've seen it because uh, Chris, I know, and maybe even Bill tagged you on Twitter. Or We sure did. They tagged you, excuse me, on X, formerly known as Twitter. Um, X. Sounds so sexy and mysterious. Well, it's X. like ZZ Top. I heard it on the X. I heard it on the X. So I don't know what Elon Musk is doing over there, but that's okay, man. It's his program; he can do what he wants. He's uh, taking over, man. Yeah, man. but I, I'm I'm still waiting for for a response from from Feinbaum. I, you know, I still want to still want to hear from him. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to be on his show if he'd let me. Um, all he would do is is yell over me uh, when I make a point he can't argue, uh, and then hang up on me. But I, you know, uh, it's still out there. Ten rounds, Feinbaum. Let's go. Take it. Hey, while, while we're talking crazy, 
let's uh, let let's let's follow up on the Michael Orr situation. Yeah, don't you have some new information? Let's, let's do that. Yeah, what, what you what you got on that? I can't. I can't. Listen. All I can tell you is I get my information from the same person that broke you freeze news when he was let go at Ole Miss. Okay, so the fix is is to just add the word reportedly. If you say reportedly, but, but who, you're in the clear. Who broke the Hugh Freeze news first? You did. Be, Absolutely. That'd be, 100%. That'd be way offside, Chris. That was you. I was having dinner with an insider. He reportedly. Was, he reportedly. So he was in Oxford the, the day of Michael Orr's book signing at the square. Interesting. So he he talked to he's talked to people. I want you guys to think about this. He's got a book. He's coming to Memphis and Oxford for a book signing. And just so happens this lawsuit break the day before he's in Oxford. Yeah, that's that's not oh, cool. that that was certainly not planned. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds like Mr. Orr went broke and needed some money. I don't think Mr. Orr is reportedly. Broke. I don't. I don't think he's broke. I think he's just looking to sell books. I wonder if it's working. Maybe so. We should. Uh, we should look on the New York Best Times or our Times. Whatever you know, what I'm talking about bestsellers <laughs> list and see if he's there. Heard but reportedly, that- reportedly, it was busy enough to have Oxford PD. Directing traffic and taking care of the crowds. So, yeah, maybe I can see that. But I mean, Oxford's not a, it's not a big place, but it's uh, not. So, so Michael Orr wrote a book. That's, that's reportedly, wrote reportedly wrote a book. So, the reported, reportedly reported uh, fact that he could not read or write is probably untrue, reportedly. Here, 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 here's the take. Um, this is my take on it. I think it all boils down to, okay, yes, they did have a conservative a conservative over Michael. Maybe, maybe not as a, as an 18 year old, he uh, completely understood it. Maybe he didn't. Mm -hmm. Why wait this long to say, Hey, let's get rid of it. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Uh, how old are you? How old do you think he's got to be? Thirty now, right? Thirty-seven, maybe. maybe 37. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Um, he, apparently, um, new request to the courts that him and his attorneys asking for nineteen years worth of accounting from the Tui family because they they want to see just exactly how much money was made off of his name. Interesting, but how, how do you how do you determine what was made off of his name? Is is everything that the Tui's brought in itemized? You know, uh, how, how do they determine that? At the end of the day, I think all of this is just a hey, look at me. I yeah, he's, to- yeah, he's going to recoup whatever he's saying he's owed in book sales. Like, uh, yeah, it, that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So so it, you know, it just I, I said this last week. And I, and I stand by it. it. It just goes to the 
just the lack of maturity and the ability to solve things and, and, and be normal citizens that just, you know, resolve things man-to-man, one-on-one, and, and learn how to forgive and, 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 and apply basic rules of civility. Well, sure. Absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said maturity. A lot of that comes with maturity. Um, The other aspect of that is, despite what's true or what's not in the blind side, Michael Orr did not have your typical upbringing. He he didn't have an easy life. But at some point, at some point, you have to outgrow that. At some point, you have to overcome that and you have to quit being a victim to your circumstance. We all get right. dealt if, with if you, if you If you identify yourself with past problems constantly, you're, you're, you're locking yourself to the past and really uh, hamstringing your present and your future. Yeah, we all, we all get dealt a hand. It's up to you how you play that hand. Yeah, I, I was listening to a, a, an old preacher today who I, I greatly admired, and he said, we must take our past experiences apply them in the present as we prepare for the future. Insight. You know, and it's, it is that it's, it's just that basic, you know, but he, and he even said the past experiences shape us and they mold us, but they can't hold us. Sure. And, and you know, I, here's a 37 year old who's griping about something that happened when he was 18. Well, I, that's that. That's a victim mentality. I, again, at some point, listen, I, I, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I did not have an easy upbringing. Uh, some of you know my story, uh, and it's it's played out in in a sense in my adult life. But at some point, I had to put my foot down and go. You know what? I I, I have to be a better person. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the victim of my circumstances anymore. I need to do better. I need to break those cycles and be better. And, and, and if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your kids or those around you, the people you love. Uh, because if, if you continue in uh, whatever it is that you're you're having problems with, at some point, it's just selfish. At some yeah. point, you're just being selfish. And, and, and you know, absolutely. Go, go see a therapist and work through it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Don't they have sports psychologists now? I mean, come on. Yeah, and when you've earned thirty-four million dollars in nine years in the, in the NFL, I think you can go see a sports psychologist. Yeah, you don't have an excuse. You have no excuse. But um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting development, reportedly, Chris. Um, I, I'll I'll be interested to kind of hear um, how that story changes and, and evolves in the in the coming weeks, if it does at all. I, I feel like feel like it will be forgotten. I agree. Yeah, that's what I, exactly what I was about to say. I feel like it's just going to be uh, we, we, we've got what we've gotten, and that's that's going to be it. college football. Well, I, I honestly think the media got their fifteen minutes out of it a, a week ago, and they and and it was enough to to throw the spaghetti on the wall. The Tuies were evil white people taking advantage of this young black man, and that story has fallen apart and we'll never hear any more about it. Probably. Probably. But but they ran know. with it for a couple of days and now it's it's gone. Yeah, to continue the the overall narrative and the division between white and black people in this country. Like but we need to be help doing let me that. be clear. I don't know the Tui. I don't know Michael Orr. I just when I read that book twenty years ago, 
I was just inspired that, that a, a, a family decided to apply their values of, of mercy and grace and take someone in and uh, give them mercy and grace. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's not, it, it's, it's interesting um, because you're not going to find that nowadays. No, you know, no. in those, in that 20 year span, the concept of mercy and grace is gone. Let, let me, let, yeah. me, let me go ahead, Chris. Like, like we said, we, we don't know. We don't know Michael or we don't know. We don't know the twoies. And of course they showed mercy and grace, but did they show mercy and grace because they're truly good Christians? Or did oh, they show mercy and grace for the attention? So we don't we don't know that. And uh I, I think that's where you uh and we're we're kind of getting in, into a different conversation here, but that's where you have to be careful uh biblically. That's where we're talking about judgment. Um right. you know, uh, you're you're it, as a as a Christian myself. Um, the, my, the fruit that I put forth is a testament to my faith. It's a testament to the grace that's been given to me that I don't deserve. Um, and, and, it, you know, I, I look for those things in other Christians and, uh, but I, but I'm not going to judge, uh, why they were produced either way. It's a good fruit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge why they did. Uh, that's not for me to determine. Uh, they know their hearts, um, and, you know, if, if there was some ulterior motive, some manipulative practice there in taking in Michael Ward, they're going to be held accountable, accountable for that one day. I firmly believe that. Um, and I, but I will say this. When they met Michael Orr, I don't think they had any idea he was going to be an All-American at Ole Miss and a Super Bowl winning offensive lineman. That's There's no way yeah, they, a, they didn't know that was going to happen. You know, uh, you know. I actually read something the other day that Michael really wanted to play basketball and Sean Tui had played for Ole Miss on the basketball team when he was a young man. And so Sean Tui was actually trying to help Michael get contacts with colleges for basketball. Was and he good enough to play basketball? I mean, it seems like he's he, 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 was, he was big. He was big enough to play under the goal and, and just stuff it. But he was Shaq type guy. Shaq. But he wasn't really as agile as Shaq. And um, and so <laughs> what I read was that Why are you he didn't. <laughs> hold on, listen, Chris. Hold on, Bill. I'm sorry. He yeah. Chris, do that again. Dude, yeah. it's, dude you sound just like him. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's uh, hilarious. <laughs> I was in Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so no, or, go ahead. Or, or wanted to play basketball, but he really wasn't good enough to get the attention of any colleges sure. for basketball. Sure. And and his high school said, well, hey, let's play both sports, and he, he excelled in one. Interesting. That's interesting. And and, and that's okay. And I, I just, I, yeah. Anyway, let's 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 have another topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to. I was going to segue it, but uh, since, since how about reportedly. Uh, the, the quarterback decision hasn't been made at Alabama yet. Yes, it has. Yes, it, well, it was. Made. I think there's a de facto. Yes, it has. I, look, I, I listened to Saban today, and uh, the media wants him to name 
a, a season-long starter, and he's not going to do that. But we all know who's going to get the first snaps against Middle Tennessee. We all know who that is. If you think it's somebody other than Jalen Milrow, you don't know football. You don't know Nick Saban. If I'm wrong, I will come back and apologize, but I'm I'm 99% sure I'm correct here. Well, but, I, but, I, I agree with you 100%. In 10 days, the guy on the first drive for the University of Alabama taking snaps will be – Number four, Jalen Milrow. I, I agree. And I look, I've been saying for weeks now, and Nick, Sab- Nick Saban, uh, maybe he's listening to the podcast. I don't know. But he has echoed my sentiments today uh, at a presser saying, look, just because a guy starts the first game, that's not that doesn't mean it's done. The competition is still ongoing. He, he, he said, we've had plenty of quarterback changes here at, at Alabama. Uh, you guys are acting like whoever starts against Middle Tennessee, that's the guy. And that's yep. not the case. The evaluation 15. is going to continue through the first game. It's Middle Tennessee. It's a perfect opportunity to get out there, get your ears wet, and see what happens. You know, and people do act like it's never happened. But look at what happened in 14, 15, 16, and 17. Remember the year uh, McCarron and Philip Starr were all battling it out in a game? There was a year Blake Barnett and all those guys were battling it out in a game. Yep. It, it's going to figure itself out, and it'll be figured out by again by halftime in the Texas game. In 2015, I remember this just today. In 2015, uh, Cooper Bateman started the first two games. Oh yeah, absolutely, and sure did. Went to the Ole Miss game, and he kind of started pooping the bed a little bit. And Jacob Coker came in and took the job. Hmm. You know, I think it was I think it was game three that Coker came in. It was old. It was the old Miss game is when he really kind of solidified it. it. And and Cooper Bateman is now doing what Cooper Bateman does. Yeah, Chris, what were you saying? Shaq doesn't like pooping the bed. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say this. Um, I, I'm going to go on record here. I'm going to put this out there. I think um, by the end of the season. Your starting guy is going to be Dylan Lonergan. I think Dylan Lonergan will take the reins. I think uh, Buckner uh, and maybe even um, oh my goodness, uh, Simpson will transfer out, or maybe think- Buckner and Milrow will transfer out, and Simpson will stay on with Julian Sane coming in. There's going to be even more competition at that position uh, before. I think season. Dylan Lonergan's future is very bright, and it's report- reportedly what was seen at the scrimmage. Uh, last week, even though Lonergan was not running with the ones and twos, uh, he was extremely efficient and um, lacked hesitation. When he set his feet, the ball came out. Okay. There wasn't a lot of hesitation. In in the seven-on-seven warm-ups, I heard that he was putting the ball in keyholes. So, for those who don't know, Bill has, has an inside track to uh... – some some information regarding uh, scrimmages that is uh, uh, very very reliable. Um, I won't. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but um, so what he's saying is 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 accurate information. This isn't something we've heard through the grapevine. Um, so, Bill, with that in mind, uh, who to, to your knowledge, who looked the best in the last scrimmage? Who was the at, guy? At, 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 this is the way it was. A, it was it was reported to me. Um, the top four. Forget Eli Holstein. Oh yeah, I forgot actually, he was on the roster. 
Eli Holstein had a very good scrimmage, but he was it was threes and fours versus threes and fours. Yeah. Um, but um, the the most talented and the most wow factor was Dylan Lonergan. Okay. Probably the most prepared and the most uh, ready uh, looking was Ty Butler. That makes sense. And because the one he's been that in was that program. Or that and he's, he he had he played in five or six games last year. Yeah, with Tommy Reese. So yeah, that makes sense. It, uh, Milrow looked looked stable and good, but took a, a lot of time to make decisions. You know, as a quarterback, you know. So um, it, the ball he, it wasn't that he had a slow delivery. It was just he took a lot of time between re- snap and decision on what to do. Okay. Um, and Ty Simpson, I've read some comments that Ty Simpson had, you know, went six for seven during one one series, and maybe he did, but he also he was scrambling and getting, you know, patty cake sacked a lot. Okay. Um, so Simpson probably did not have his best day, and then I, the, but but the all but all four of them you from what I hearing is all four of them did not look bad but nobody emerged as the number one but the most talented in the highest ceiling would go to Dylan Lonergan right and and that's sort of what I've I've gotten just from you know reading all these quote unquote analysts uh their opinions it seems every everybody's got a differing opinion but in terms of Lonergan he seems like the ceiling is is really really high for him, um, right? He had, he had he had some um, pretty pretty snazzy plays, yeah. Um, from what I heard, um, and just the seven on seven warm up period, yeah. that you know that he was uh, doing some things that made Coach Saban walk to the other end of the field and watch. Now it, it, you know that, that, and that's that's the luxury of this Alabama team this year. Um, I, I don't you don't you're not going to have to have that premier Heisman Trophy candidate guy that's, you know, elusive and plays like a point guard in basketball. We don't need that this year. We need a guy who can sit in the pocket and and make sharp decisions, uh, you know, and feed the ball because there's plenty of talent, and there has been um, plenty of talent around the quarterback position at at these skill spots uh, to to compliment whoever wants the job, you know, who, whoever really is going to take that next step and, and solidify themselves as the leader of this team. Um, and I, I, I don't know, man, just watching tape and watching what I've seen, I think Milrow is probably going to have the most success in terms of uh, the complexity of an offense. Maybe, maybe that shifts a little bit to Buckner since he's familiar with Reese's system. But I, I think long-term, I really do think the, the answer is going to be Dylan Lonergan. Um, before the season's out, I think he's going to be your starter. Um, he very well, he, he very well may come in like Tua did in seventeen. Maybe, yeah. Now, something else I've noticed is that uh, you know everybody, and I've said it too. A lot of people were high on Ty Simpson. Everybody thought it was going to be Simpson, uh, and that's kind of slipped away from the narrative since the last scrimmage. Well, um, the first scrimmage about Simpson. The first, yeah, the first scrimmage they said Simpson did real well. Second scrimmage, maybe it was because the ones and twos were going against each other. And right. and I will say this from uh, my insiders, that number one defense 
they play mean, they play fast, and they play angry. So, yeah, I, I was I was going to ask you. That's actually where I was about to go next because I remember watching Georgia's first game last season and hoping that they weren't going to be as good as they were the year before. Um, and I remember just watching their defense last year. I can't remember who it was against, but you could just tell by the way they moved on the field that they were just a they were a next level defense. Um, do did we get that vibe from Alabama? Because that's been the big talk uh, outside of the quarterback situation is how good the secondary, these linebackers, this line, how good they're supposed to be. Did we kind of get that vibe at this scrimmage? I, 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 I think so. You've got okay. um, that's the D, the D line is five deep. You yeah. know, for, at, at three positions they're five deep, and and it's guys that all have experience. Hmm. It's it's seven deep at, at linebacker, um, and you've got three defined starters in the, in the secondary with Caleb Downs, Kool Aid McKinstry, and Malachi Moore. Right. And then you've got six other guys competing for the, the other three spots, and they're all good. Terry and Arnold, Devontae Smith, Earl Little, they're all they're all uh, playmakers. Yeah, they're all five-star guys, man. It's crazy. And, and they are, from what I'm hearing, is they're not making dumb mistakes. If they make a mistake, it's their foot. Their footwork or their hip or something like that, yeah. but it's not. It's not. You know, they bite on a run and it's clearly a pass. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Saban actually touched on that in his in a, a presser today, and he said that most of the mistakes he was seeing from the defense, who is he said is he's very happy with right now, which that's saying a lot coming from Nick Saban. Uh, but most of what he's seen is is simple mental stuff that's easily fixed, and so that right. That is very promising to me to hear, um, especially after last year's defense. And again, it begs the question: How much of what the, this this non-dominant Alabama team we've seen the last two years? How much of that was really the players compared to the coordinators? Uh, I, and I'm starting to lean towards a lot of that was probably on Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding. Yeah, I agree. I see. Well, you know, we've screamed that for the last few seasons. Yeah. We have, but I've always kind of felt like it was an easy excuse to because nobody wants to ever admit that they're not good. You know, well, and let me fans, say we don't want to admit when we're not good, but it did, you know, that, that sharp drop off that we saw in the ability for Alabama to dominate other teams was it was so weird because we, you know, the recruiting didn't drop off. The only thing that changed, the only variable that changed were, were the coordinators. And so we didn't, we didn't lose talent. It just, they just, the kids didn't just forget how to play ball. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And I, I yeah, think, I think, like, I think they were put in bad positions with, with bad schemes. Sure. That, but the LSU game is a great example of that defensively. Uh, and yeah. the Tennessee game, which is the famous one, four, six. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, you're dropping your best pass rusher into coverage on third down. And yeah. Was, and you're putting a fourth string D lineman in there for, 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 <laughs> for, 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 a consent, for a good series. Speaking of speaking of D linemen, let's let's shift gears here a little bit. And we've kind of done this before, but I want to talk about on this team specifically, or we can talk about uh, let's let's start with Alabama. I want to talk about who is the player you think that's got the best shot to win a Heisman Trophy, or just be that kind of standout guy offensively or defensively. 
Um, Chris, who do you got? There, there is no one that stands out. Not to me this season, uh, but I can tell you this just just from the chat, and I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. We're going to see some big things, uh, Mr. Q, Quindarius Robinson. Okay. All right. I was about to mention that earlier. I heard from uh, the scrimmages that people were looking at their uh, roster sheets going, who is number 34? Really? Yeah. And because he, he was in there, and not only was he in there, he's got a very imposing presence when he's in there. Hmm. So, Chris may be on to something. Quandarius Robinson may have a uh, breakout year as a senior. Uh, But, you know, we haven't seen him for three years. Okay. So, for me, defensively, it's somebody that we haven't really touched on. And I think a lot of people may have forgotten that he's on this team. But it's that nose tackle. Probably the best nose tackle in the country, uh, Jaheim Otis. He's going to be a beast. Yeah, he, he, he had his flashes last year. Um, I, I really think uh, he's going to come on strong. Now, for me, I, I've been pretty vocal. I think you both know who my Heisman Trophy pick is for this team. It's uh, it's going to be Malik Benson. Um, Malik, uh, Malik, I heard, uh, showed his speed at the, at the scrimmage that he was smoking people. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the number one Juco guy to come in, they went and got him out of the uh, – I can't remember where he played Juco. Hutchinson Community College? Bingo, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see this kid on the field. Now, the I've, I've heard coming out of scrimmage that drops are kind of still a problem. Um, I, I, was, um, I, was, I was talking to some people, you know, afterwards, and they said – um, they there were somewhere between eight and ten drops oh, on wow. Saturday, but it was between eight and ten different receivers. It wasn't one or two guys dropping the ball. It was and what four four different quarterbacks. It was four different quarterback, five different quarterbacks, and ten receivers. So okay. it was so it wasn't like I'm just gonna let's just say it wasn't like Malik Benson dropped four in a row. It yeah. was it was you know. Maybe he had one or two. Actually, I heard he only had one. And um, but then maybe one of the third teamers had one. You know, so it was. Yeah, and 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 Alabama's in a situation right now with a a gazillion receivers. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, because we lost so many last. You know, we we've lost probably 10, 15 receivers over the last three years. You know, to to the draft, and then we lost a ton of guys to the portal last year. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see the talent now. Who, who do you guys think is going to be, and do, don't you dare say Jermaine Burton uh, outside of Malik Vincent, who do you think is going to be that premier wide receiver for Alabama this year? Amari Niblack. I've heard, is it, so is it, let's, let's clear this up before the season starts. Is it Niblack or Niblack? I'm not sure. Cause I've heard it both ways. That's I'm not thinking Niblack. But it's number 84. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Big guy, Michael Williams type body. Yes. He is uh he he is a a very large wide receiver. So he's got slick moves, great hands, 
and if he hits you, you'll feel it. Now, he's a wide receiver. He's not a tight end, correct? He's a tight end, actually. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. But he is going to um, – actually, somebody somebody said Coach Saban actually compared him to O.J. Howard and Irv Smith. He did. Um, yeah. He, he sure did. did. Maybe not yesterday. Uh, maybe it was Monday. But, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He, he was talking about them. So, all right. Now, what about what about – College football as as a whole, you know, Georgia has named their starting quarterback, uh, Carson Beck. Um, I saw that somebody said, I think it was me, he, he looks like a really scrawny Johnny Bravo. Uh, some people said um, he looks like Steve Buscemi. Uh, <laughs> I wonder who that was, Chris. Um, <laughs> oh, but Carson Beck, Georgia's named their starter. And you've got some names. Uh uh, Caleb Williams, of course, came back for another year at USC. I think he's probably uh, your odds-on Heisman favorite right now. Um, but a name that I'm really interested in and I, I think is going to win the Heisman Trophy, let me be clear, uh, strictly because he's in a Pac-12 school, um, not because he's going to win a national championship or anything like that. But I think Bo Nix, the uh, former Auburn QB, has a legitimate shot at winning a Heisman Trophy this year. Man, they love that kid in Oregon, boy. We talked, you know, we talked about this about a month ago, about three weeks ago, and uh, Bo. The the difficulty for Oregon is they've got three to four games they could seriously lose. Sure, sure. And and you know, Bo, not that you know, he's a very talented young man, and apparently he's succeeding well out there, um, but. If if you lose three to four games, that just drops you off the radar. Yeah, unless your name is Robert Griffin. Yeah, and I do think um, I do think we we, we Marvin Harrison the uh, junior at Ohio State he mm. might be the offensive player of the year. Okay, uh, first round talent, uh, hands down, all day probably. Yeah, probably he, he's he's game. if he hadn't gotten you know blasted by Georgia, I mean he might still be. Running for which look no yardage. no no crimson colored goggles that was I, that was pass interference that was a pass oh. that, that was a miss pass interference Ohio State should have won that game and the national championship last year I'm sorry Georgia fans I know you don't want to hear it you had a fantastic season an amazing team last year but Ohio State got robbed in the playoffs put and what would Ohio State done to TCU oh they would have done the same thing Georgia did maybe exactly. not to the extent. Oh, I think um, I think, I think they would. Who knows, man? I mean, it they would have been, been equal. They were moving the ball with ease on. Uh, and just how much ease would they have had against TCU? That's oh yeah, I'm man. Saying. Oh, dude, it, it would have been a murder. TCU, just about anybody uh, out of the top five, if they would have played TCU in that game, would have done the exact same thing Georgia did. But um, I, I do want to go back to this. As far as I, I've changed my tune on the defensive player, that's going to be the breakout wow factor this year for Alabama. And I think it's Caleb Downs. You know, I I thought about picking him, but I feel like his name is so familiar already. You know, it's almost he's he's got a legacy. That's true. That's a good point. But, uh, you know, uh, I've even seen it going through my reel, seeing some uh, um, recruiting stuff on him lately. Um, there's a it's, it's almost like there's a legend around this kid already uh and the expectation is so high for him it's not going to be a surprise if he meets it um 
you know, for that, me, that's a good point. That's a good point. It's not going to be a surprise that he meets the expectation, but will he do beyond that? Uh, it's possible, especially with Kevin Steele uh, coaching up that defense this year. I, I, I think if if you can get that kid, uh, you know, a solid foundation, uh, and then he, you know, he he's playing uh, along guys back there with the DBs like Kool Aid McKinstry, who's a veteran, has got experience in the system. Uh, yeah, I, dude, he's going to go do great things at Alabama. I, I, well, and, I, I 100% and, believe and he, that. And Malachi Moore, I forgot this until yesterday. That that young man is a four-year starter at defensive back. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, I remember he's, when, he, man, his first game, I thought he was going to be the next Mika. I really did. I got so I excited think about him. I was just about to say, this year might be the year that he becomes – the Minka type on the field where he's coaching it up. Yeah, I got to be careful of that because I feel like Minka is on my list of all-time Alabama defensive greats. Uh, all-time, not just under Nick Saban, all-time. And so, uh, yeah, I would be careful with those comparisons, but I see what you're saying. But, you know, what, what was Minka's one – of, one of Minka's great strengths was he knew where every person should be. Yeah. And I think Malachi might have that insight. Like he's been there long enough, you know. Yeah. But you also have to think if, if Kevin Steele came in and completely revamped the system, you know, has have they had to relearn everything? Um, um, that, that's a factor. I I would I would I would well, guess. Coach Saban, Coach Saban said he didn't revamp the system, but he has improved the system. Well, good because it definitely needed it. Uh, while while we're talking yeah. about Bama and the system and the roster, let let me let me. Make a ninety degree turn here. Bring it. Um, did you guys see the comment that Reese Davis made about Alabama's roster this year? Uh, yeah. I, I vaguely saw it. Uh, what re- refreshed me? His quote was, "They've got, they've got a ton of young talent. I think they might be a year away because they have a deep roster, but they have a lot of guys that haven't played a lot who are going to be in key spots." I agree, and I, I saw somebody else. Um, I can't remember who it was, but they they made the comment that they they would not be surprised to see Alabama win the national championship this year for that exact reason, uh, despite who starts at quarterback. And and uh, I I agree with Reese, ex- but I I don't think they're a year out. I think Alabama is plenty capable of winning, of going undefeated and winning a national championship this year. Like I said, we don't need that dynamic, you know, superstar quarterback. Do I've already been vocal about it whenever we, we talked about it, you know, several weeks ago that I do not see Bama in the playoffs this year. Really? Yeah. You know, you I, I, I said it. I said it. And then we can go back and listen. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to go back because I dang sure don't remember who we said. Or if somebody was taking notes, but I did not pick Bama. I, I did. Um, but, I, but I also picked Bama slash uh, LSU. Right. I, I think Georgia is a Georgia's obviously a and this is a good segue into our next topic, Chris, but Georgia is obviously a shoe in. They're gonna go undefeated in the regular season. They have like what the the hundred and thirty fourth out of hundred and thirty sixth toughest schedule in the country. Well let me let me ask let me ask you this. Back back to Reese's Yeah. If Bama just if they they win the Natty this year. Just okay. how tough is Bama going to be next year? 
um, ridiculously tough because they're not losing a lot this year. Uh, it's it's going to be like that eleven and twelve. Yeah. Yeah, and and I, I think that will it will really, you know, something I've noticed. Um, I, I talk about recruiting a lot, and I was you know I, I've shown a lot of caution because Alabama hasn't been uh, dominating the recruiting trail like they normally do. But I, something I've noticed, Nick Saban, you know, right now I think they have like the number four class according to on three. Um, and there's still a lot of guys on the table, but Saban's being very selective about who, you know, who they're offering. And I think that's because really all you have to do in this class is compliment what you did last, last year. And to your point, Chris, yeah, I, I think you might be right, man. I mean, you're not losing – you're losing who? Roydale Williams at running back. You're going to lose a couple of receivers, but nothing insane. Um, your quarterback's staying. Um, your uh, Most of your linemen are staying. You're going to lose uh, – Most of the receivers will be staying. Yeah, I, 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 that's a good point. Um, I, I don't want to get into any kind of repeat talk because we burned ourselves doing that before. But, I, you know <clears> – <throat> let's worry about this year, but I, I, I like where your head's at. I, I think, I think people are, especially, it's almost like the media is bipolar towards Alabama right now. One day everybody's like, look, Alabama, it's going to be sneaky good. You guys are writing them off. And and then the next day, everybody's, you know, I, I they're going to lose two or three games. Um, well, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the possibility of that. Um, let's talk about everyone's strength of schedule this year. Sure. Uh, yeah, I already touched on Georgia's. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, who who has who has the hardest schedule here? Do you know? In the SEC, the <laughs> hardest ranked schedule is the University of Alabama. That's right. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and the second hardest ranked schedule is Vanderbilt. Who who has the hardest schedule overall? Uh, Maybe Alabama. Oh, if it's if it's going to be Alabama in the no. SEC, it's probably Alabama or Ohio State. I think the hardest in the country is Ohio. Is Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue or Ohio. It's one of those. Yeah, but that's gonna, that's going to change. Look, there's always a lot of Big Ten teams ranked really high that that fall off. You know, Bama Bama has the sixth hardest schedule in the in the country. That's interesting, but yeah. that's also based off of preseason polls that yeah. we really don't know how good people are going to be right now. It is, and, and right now, I, let's see, Georgia has the um, – I'm going down the list. Georgia has the – you know, since everybody says, oh, Georgia's got a tough schedule, um, I can't even find them on the list. I, I'm telling you, I don't think I was exaggerating that it's like 134 and 130-something like that. No, it's way down there. It's it, somewhere, but you know what? I can't find it now. It's on like page <laughs> six of whatever you're looking at. I had it. Well, they, they – they have, you know, they have really one. In my opinion, their toughest game is going to be before. It's going to be the Tennessee game. I, I'm telling you, I think Georgia is going to drop a game this year that they should maybe two, yeah, maybe two. I really do. I, I think they're going to have some growing pains at quarterback. I think Carson Beck is going to be really good long term. They're going to have some growing pains. Um, well, I've noticed a lot of comments coming out about Georgia just here in the past two weeks, you know, the only thing that can stop Georgia this year is Georgia, that kind of comment. And you know what? Everybody said that in 2013 about Alabama and Auburn stopped Alabama. Yeah. I I, I will say this about Georgia because of that strength of schedule and any Georgia fan that wants to argue strength of schedule, come on with it this year. Your, your schedule is laughable. 
It is the laughing stock of college football this year, and you know it. Set your bias aside. It's true, whether you like it or not. At me on Twitter. I mean X. Sorry. I'll say this though. Look out, and this is this is. Let's get into everybody's you know predictions on the the SEC next week. But I'll say this as far as who's going to be the 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 team that hamstrings people this year. Look out for the Auburn Tigers. It will be Auburn. I I, I think there's a team in the East that's going to beat some people they're not supposed to this year too. Who? who? Take a stab. Take a stab at who I'm who who I'm thinking. I'm saying the Kentucky Wildcats. Don't say Kentucky. No, no, not Kentucky. It's a team not too far down the road uh, with Spencer Rattler at quarterback. Oh, I think, I think okay. South Carolina is going to beat some teams this year that uh, uh, they're, they're not supposed to. And I think Georgia is going to be one of them. That would be fun to see. And I hope it happens because, I, I, I you know, South Carolina is just that team that other than when they had Lou Holtz, it's like, I, I want them to do good. I, yeah, I do too. I don't have any issue. Even after they beat Alabama and embarrassed us in 2010, I, I mean, there, no, no hard feelings, man. No hard feelings. No. But I, I think – and we kind of hit on this about Spencer Rattler not long ago. But if he can continue to do what he did towards the end of last season, he's going to give some people some headaches. I, th- I think they'll finish second or third in the SEC East. If good Spencer shows up, they're, they're, they're going to be good. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll finish behind Georgia and Tennessee in the East. And, and I just think – I think I think Kentucky's going to be one to watch out for too. Uh, maybe you know it's we always say oh kentucky we treat them like vanderbilt but stoops he's got him he's got moving in the right direction yeah yeah it's interesting um out you know i was about to ask if the east has become as competitive as the west but that's a stupid question because it's not absolutely not yeah it's nowhere near it um i mean they're better they're better than the acc sure absolutely but right now i feel like you have you have two legitimate playoff contenders in the West compared to one in the East. And then you have a couple of dark horses in the West compared to probably no dark horses in the East. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. But no, I like, I like your point about Auburn. Um, I do think anybody in the West has got to run a gauntlet. Um, I think Alabama better be careful if they make it through the rest of the season undefeated, they've got Auburn at Auburn this year. And we all know, that I don't know. There's some black magic. Somebody's down there sacrificing goats. What's going on? But I've got it on good authority that when they built that university, that the the pasture that became the football field was actually on top of dinosaur bones, which were underneath an Indian burial ground, which were underneath a UFO. That makes sense. So, there it is. So it is a it is a very weird location. It is. It is. Um, you know, we, my local high school played there uh, a few years ago in the state championship, and it was the only time I've ever been in Jordan, inside of Jordan Hare Stadium. I've been there a lot of times, but um, yeah, you know, I just, I, I, I've struggled to understand how that place can be so intimidating, but yeah, you know, just hearing fans talk about, you know, especially the Iron Bowl in that stadium is, it's always so tough. You can throw records and talent out of the window. That's something right. something funky is going to happen in that game. That's why it's such a fun game. I've um, been in that stadium multiple times, but not for an Iron Bowl. And if that stadium is full, oh, listen, sure it's loud. 
it not only is it loud, the concrete shakes. It reminds me. It reminds me a lot of of uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium uh, down here it in is. Gainesville. It, it reminds okay. me of, of, of Florida Stadium. It's very similar. It's kind of very congested, if you know what I mean. That you kind of sitting right yeah. on top of people, it's, and it it gets loud in there. Uh, my experience there was was pretty loud. It was frustrating, but it was loud. Uh, well, so. it, it's a it's a it's a formidable place when it's full. But yeah, so uh, back back to what I was saying about uh, Georgia. Georgia's not going to have a big margin for error this year. If they lose a regular season game, they're going to have to go into the SEC championship and hope. They're going to have to hope that Alabama or LSU makes Atlanta with undefeated. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because if if not, I, I don't know that they can do enough to make the playoffs. If they lose. With that, especially if they lose at home to someone, yeah. Um, and, and and did you hear the news about their uh, best running back blowing his patellar tendon? I, I did hear that. Yeah, today that's it's pretty that's, that's, that's tough that's news. Awful. But they they're stacked, they're stacked. They'll be okay. Um, I, you know, yeah. My my interest is is they got burnt up so bad by Ohio State. I mean, they got carved up by by a a mobile quarterback. Um, with good receivers, and it, it, what what team in the East is going to be capable of doing that to them this year? And the only one I can think of that can get close would be South Carolina and Tennessee. Um, I, I'm telling you guys, um, we talked to Heisman a second ago. This Joe Milton kid at Tennessee might be better than Hendon Hooker, and that that should scare the rest of the country. Tennessee's on the up and up. I hate to say it. I want to throw up in my mouth saying it out loud, but but Tennessee's they're, they're getting there. They're, they're they're slowly getting there. I want to um, they 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 have they're like LSU. They've never lacked for talent. What they've lacked for is consistency in the coaching. Uh, and I, 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 I I'm going to disagree with you there. I, I think you have different tiers, and in the tiers, LSU would be on the second tier. Bama, Georgia would be on the top tier right now. And I think I would put Tennessee on the third tier along maybe comparable to like FSU. Like they, you know, they're slowly working their way back up to a, to what they used to be, to what the expectation is. Um, you know, it wasn't an overnight thing, but LSU, LSU is always good. It, it, they, you know, they may not be capable of winning a championship every year, but LSU is always good. Tennessee's not always good. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tennessee's they, always a scare though. They, but yeah, that's fair. Uh, but they did they did have uh, what Bush Bush Jones was their head coach for a while, and Dooley, and you know, yeah, the trash can thing, the Champions of Life crap, all that mess. Like again, was that that's a that's a coaching issue, not a talent issue. Fair enough. And and you know, I can, I you know I go back a long ways, Peyton, Tennessee, and you know I can remember a good eight and three Tennessee team. Ruining an Alabama season, you know, and Alabama going, you know, nine and two or uh, ten and one, and and that and one of those bad days was against those daggum Volunteers. Yeah, maybe. And if if the drops continue, I think Alabama could lose a couple of games this year. They they could lose the two or three games this year. Um, I, you know, I I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody. Somebody picked Bama to lose more than ten and a half games this year. Um, I saw somebody say nine and, and three. Yeah, I saw yeah. somebody calling for nine and three, and 
I, I disagree with that. I, I do think too. There, I, do I think it. I think the possibility for two is there. More likely one. I, I will tell well, you this: if Bama loses in week two, they're going to lose two or three games this year. Easily. Yeah, I just I don't think Alabama's going to lose at home this year, guys. I, I can't um, argue with you. You know, a lot of that's going to depend on, on on these wide receivers and this quarterback. If if yeah. we can get the offensive and defensive line play that we're accustomed to, it's going to be hard to beat Alabama no matter what this year. Even if they're one dimensional, it's going to be. Speaking hard of to offensive beat. offensive line, it uh, the reports I'm hearing are it is it looks like a cattle farm. It's just beef next to beef next to beef. Yeah, that's fantastic. But are they strong? Can they block? Do they know their assignments? And can they dominate? That's and the they are healthy. That, that's 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 the thing. With you know, I watched the uh, Coach Prime show, and um, I wanted to touch on this. Uh, maybe we'll 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 include it in the next episode because we're running low on time here. But something that he was very big on at Jackson State wasn't just going out there and beating people. It wasn't a matter of winning the game. He wanted to dominate the game. And that is what Alabama hasn't done the last two years. That's what Alabama has been known to do. And I want to see that at every level on the field this season. That's the only way I'm going to feel better about the whole, you know, the dynasty's not not dead talk. Yeah, uh, that's I'm, the only I'm, way I'm, I'm going to sleep I'm, well I'm, at night. I'll go on a limb here. I'm not going to say – I'm going to say this. Dallas Turner is going to be the sack leader for the SEC. Hmm. But I'm not going to say he's going to break Derek Thomas's record. That's, uh, no, that's, a, big, that's a big ask, man. But I that's, am going to say we're going to be going, oh, my gracious, he could. Well, if he's not dropping back into coverage, then maybe he can. And, know, he, had a, and with, he had a mediocre year last year because of Pete Golden, him and Will Anderson. That's and right. the offensive line, uh, it looks like you've got Caden Proctor at left tackle. And on the right side is uh, oh, I can't remember his name, but next next to Proctor is Booker, and on the other side, you you in the middle you've got Seth McLaughlin, and on the right side is uh, either Ferguson and Pritchett at, at guard, and then um, I can't remember who is going to be the right tackle, but it's basically you've got the center with a lot of experience somebody to the left of him with a lot of experience and somebody mm-hmm. to the right of him with a lot of experience mm-hmm. and then two people in the middle with a lot of talent that that this other three can coach i hope so, uh, so and, and, and and this is the and things could happen they may have happened this afternoon but so far this has been a very healthy off season for alabama that's a good point. Uh, that's a very good point. That's uh, something that we haven't had the luxury of, of, of experiencing for a while. So let's uh, uh, let's mm-hmm. knock on wood and, and hope that continues. But, gentlemen, uh, we are at an hour and 13 yeah, already. Let, let, let me plug us real quick. Uh, if you want to hear the podcast, if you want to listen, share it with your mama, share it with your dad, your brothers, your sisters. Your girlfriends or whoever, you can get us on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, Amazon, and Audible. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram now. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. Of course, we are on every 
Twitter or whatever it is. You gotta hey Chris, from now on you gotta refer to X as uh Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, Shaq don't like X. <laughs> Shaq prefer Twitter. Shaq. Shaq don't like it when you poop to bed, but Johnny Depp does. Actually, you sound more like uh the Jimmy Kimmel impression of Carl Malone. It's, it's, either way, it's Jack. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's it's still funny. Uh, you, can, you can get us at on our email. It's wayoffsides at gmail.com. That's way with four A's. And uh, before we get into this last quick segment, can I can I share the feel-good story of the week? Please. Let's hear it. We all need it. So... I don't know if you guys know a uh, player for Tennessee. He's a wide receiver named Brew McCoy. Nope. Yeah. No idea. He, he signed an NIL deal. And this, this, this is this right here. This, this is the NIL deal of the season. His NIL deal for every touchdown he, he gets this season, there will be one AED device donated somewhere that it needs to be wow that's That's, uh that's actually really really cool uh you know i work the name the name of the charity is is huddle for hearts and that that is that is the nil deal he he just signed this week that's that's pretty cool man um i I can't go into a lot of specifics but i actually had a meeting with someone earlier about some aeds so that's kind of cool uh to hear that um wow I know I, I, that, that's amazing. That's awesome. I hope he scores a lot of them. Oh, yeah. I hope Tennessee goes except, on and wins everything. Yep. Except, except in October. Except in October, man. I, I hope you sit on the bench <laughs> that game, buddy. So let, we're going to close out. We, of course, it's week zero. We got some games coming up. Let's pick them. Um, we're we're going to pick for this Saturday, and we're also going to pick for next Thursday and Friday because, of course, we record. Uh, before Friday and release on Friday morning. Okay. So, um, Chris, before you get started, is do we have anybody who can officially record, or are we going to start officially recording uh, week one picks? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start officially recording for Saturday's games in week one. Okay. I think, I think we should let people on X uh, pick the punishment for whoever loses picks uh, each week. I think we should. That sounds great. You like that idea? Yeah. We'll do that. Uh, of course it's got to be within reason. Um but yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 start putting that out on X. But go ahead, Chris. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. I'm used to being interrupted on this show. I know, freaking Bill, man. So, we we've got Navy. <laughs> we've got Navy at Notre Dame in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, just because it's in Ireland, I'm going with the Fighting Irish. All righty, all righty. What about that? You? Would be Notre Dame. I'm going with Notre Dame myself. Rudy. All right, and and the he's off sides, but he'll win. The line is Notre Dame, and they're giving twenty and a half. So that's that's high. It is. It is. That's but, high. But then we we've, we've got Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Oh, that's actually pretty tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Vandy. Before you pick, Andy is they they are favored by seventeen and a half. I, yeah, I'm going to pick Vandy. They also uh, don't have half a stadium right now. Uh, for that reason, I'm going to pick Vandy. What about you? I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with Vandy. The Fighting Timmy Changs are probably a year away from being good. Well, 
just just because they they're just just because I'm sympathetic because uh, of course we know Maui's dealing with a lot of wildfires right yeah, now. Thought, thoughts and prayers there, definitely. Been over a hundred people lose their lives, a lot of property loss. Um, I, I'm actually friends with a, a gentleman on Instagram. He's in Maui and he's using his own resources from his construction company to fight the fires that the firefighters can't get to. Wow. So because of that, I'm picking Hawaii. Well, you know, I'm I'm friends with uh another famous Hawaiian named uh Tua and Tua pick Tua pick Vandy unofficially, reportedly. Well, you can ride with that. We'll see how it plays out. All right, I got Vandy. All right. Now how about the only reason I'm throwing this one out there is because one of the the, the line on the game is minus one. Okay. The University of Texas El Paso at Jacksonville State. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Gamecocks by a thousand. Gamecocks by a thousand. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Gamecocks because uh, they're from the state of Alabama and we almost, their coach almost became the head coach at the University of Alabama. So go Cox. I'm going with the Gamecocks also because didn't, didn't Coach Burgess coach there? He sure did. He yeah. sure did. Won a national championship. Not not plugging the Rick and Bubba show, but nineteen ninety two. Maybe they'll right. plug us back. Now now here here's the big one of, of this week. San has San. Ha- blah, 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 blah. Help me out, guys. San, words words are hard. San Jose State at USC. Uh, USC hands down, not even close. I just I just threw it out there because hey, why not? It, it's on the no slate, comment. right? Pick it. It's on the slate. Let's no see. comment. Like, all right. Wait, this ain't ESPN. We don't have to pick the games that are only on our network. That's right. So, all right. We're moving on to Thursday, next Thursday night. Oh, I wonder what game is next Thursday night. Hmm. Florida at Utah. Utah's, Utah is a big, big favorite four and a half. Uh, give me the Utes by 15. You're going with the Utes. I'm yeah. going to go with the fighting Billy Napiers on the road. Really? Florida on the road. Even I after think, everybody they lost. I, I just think I, I think they're, they're going to be getting Utah in their environment. Utah came down and almost beat them in Gainesville last year. And, I look, I'm not a Gator, uh, but I, I, I live cl- uh, semi-close to Gainesville. I will tell you, playing a football game down here is, is torture for these guys early in the season. And the fact that they almost beat them in their own place last year, uh, I don't think Florida's got the talent. To... Well, I met Billy Napier 15 years ago, and I like him. Sure. So sure. I okay, got to go with – you know, I like the guy. I think he's got a good future as a, as a, as a football coach. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, if it's, if it's, a, it's SEC versus future Big 12 team, I got to go SEC. I mean that's fair. I'm gonna I'm hit, I'm in it to win it though. Uh, give me the Utes. I'm I'm going I'm going with the Utes myself. Okay, fantastic. Utah Utah's top twenty five team. I, yeah, aren't they? Uh, I think they're like number twelve. Yeah, that's I'm, they, I'm, they are they are a ranked American football team. They are. They and are. Florida is not. But again, it's early in the season. Who knows? All right, and here we go. Another Thursday night matchup: Nebraska at Minnesota. Oh, that's actually kind of tricky. What's the line? You want to give us the line or you want us to pick it? Yeah, let's hear that. 
Seven and a half. Minnesota's given seven and a half. I, I think I'm going to go with uh with Minnesota. The old I'm Golden Gophers. Got to go row that boat. Uh, I, I I like uh, PJ Fleck, and and I think he's due for a, a quote big win. So if if they win, is that an upset? I guess if you it, it would be right. If you beat Nebraska, it is not an upset. I'm sorry. Not now. Not in this era. I'm going. I'm going with Minnesota myself. Hey, Minnesota's mascots, the Gophers, right? That Did is it? correct. Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't screw up a second ago. I started to get get in my head and feel a little self-conscious. Apparently, NASCAR's mascots are gopher, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's silly. Last, probably last time I saw it, they had something popped up out of the track on the screen, looked like a gopher prairie dog or something. I don't know. So was it the was it the Bucky's beaver? Don't you don't you don't cuss the Bucky beaver that way. Hey man, I'm not. I'm not. I like old Bucy's. Oh, <laughs> you can get a good sandwich at Busey's. So, well, never mind. I don't want. I don't want to plug anybody else for free. So, we're done with that. So, yeah. Friday night, nine one, leading us into the weekend. Louisville at Georgia Tech. Louisville's they are favored by seven and a half. Under the lights, I can't pick this game because I'm calling it. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Uh, give me, uh, you know what? I need to pick an upset. Give me Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Give me Tech, baby. They're not running that triple option anymore. Give me Tech. No, and I'm going with Tech also because the head coach at Georgia Tech was a staffer at Alabama. Is the, uh, is the varsity still open? Or did they close the varsity, well, didn't they? There was talk about it closing, but I'm not sure. I hope not. I mean, I've never got the allure of the varsity. It's just greasy hot dogs. But you know what? I hope it's still open. All Uh, right. uh, Who are you picking, Chris? What? I'm going with Louisville. Oh, odd man out. Odd man out. Louisville. Okay. All right. Um, I'm kind of enjoying these picks, man. I wish there were more games to pick. There's plenty to pick, but we'd be all night. Uh, you got, can you, do have to go work. Yeah, I do too. Can you throw a couple of just, just ridiculous ones in there? Like maybe two? Yeah. Um, we'll pick them and be done. Bill, maybe, that cool with you? Okay. Yeah. Let me, well, give me just a second. I'll find us something. Hey, okay. you, you guys sing a song or banner back and forth while I find it. All right. Well, I'm not singing a song. Uh, North Bend, North the Rich Man. Now we're going to be trending now because I sang yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, we need we need some traction on the on the webs. I wonder if uh, I'm going to reach out. What's his name, Oliver? I'm going to reach out to Oliver and be like, "Hey, man, you want to write a free song for us?" He our seems like the song. kind of guy that would do it. Yeah, he could do a theme song for us. That'd be kind of cool. He can write our theme song, like uh, the dude that wrote the one. Yeah, for, they, uh, speaking speaking off. speaking of him, uh, something today he said because of the the downloads and streams between the different outlets. He uh yeah. he, he he's making about forty thousand a day right now. That's, That's cool, man. I, I wonder if he'd be willing to uh, to do a theme song for free. Probably not, but I'm gonna reach well, out and try. Probably not for us. I tell you what, here we go, guys. All right, bring them on. All right. UMass University right. of Massachusetts at New Mexico State. Oh, oh that's gonna be like trash versus garbage dump. Hey, uh, Mexico State is favored by six and a half. What are their mascots? 
<laughs> U- UMass is the Minutemen, and New Mexico State is the Aggies. Let's see. Oh. Give me the Minutemen. Give me the Minutemen. I- I'm going to have to go with the Minutemen because they've got rifles. They can shoot Aggies. Yeah, I'm not picking an Aggie for anything. I'll be the odd man out, and I will go with New Mexico State University. Yeah, Chris, give me New Mexico. Yeah, honestly, give me New Mexico. Oh, you're going – oh, you – yeah, no jokes aside, give me New Mexico. Yeah, I'm going. St- I'm sticking with the Minutemen. I'm I'm proud of you. I can't do it. I, I picked one upset. I don't want to pick another. That's my rule. I pick one a week. This is one that's going to hit us close to home. All right, bring it. Nick Saban's alma mater. Oh, Kent State. The Golden at, Flashes. At UCF. Mm, UCF. Got it. Yeah, you know, oh, I hate to say it. Give me UCF on that one. Um, yeah, I don't like it, but it's definitely UCF. On that I, I'm assuming like they're favored by, what, 12, 14, somewhere in there? there there's no line on the game. Yeah, 14. I mean, UCF by 14. Unless Mike Ditka is coaching for Kent State or or Nick Saban is playing for Kent State, I'm not, I can't pull for him. I don't – yeah. I, I mean uh, – I hate that. I really don't like UCF, but no. But I mean, if Mike Ditka's coaching the team, I got to go back to the '80s. It's the Bears. You know, whatever, whatever Coach Ditka's doing, we got to go with. I'm I'm confused about the relevancy of what you're saying right now. Well, it's either either Coach Ditka or Coach Saban. If they're involved, and they're not involved, so edit this portion out. Track it. Got it. Bill, none of us understand. Just leave it. Just leave it. Just, Don't edit just, it out. Just, just leave it. Let's, let's, out. Let's, <laughs> it, it, just, anybody listening, sometimes you understand, Bill. He's, it's all right. He had a senior moment. It's okay. I bring up an 80s reference, and I'm the only one that knew it. I was born in the 80s, man. I if it was a If it was a 90s reference, I would, the only thing I know about the Bears is the SNL skit. Well, uh, the funniest part was they would say, you know, they would have these scenarios of, uh, you know, the such and such versus the so and so, but Coach Coach Dicka is going to coach the this other, you know, the, the bobsled team, and said, well, if Coach Dicka's coaching, we got to go with him. He's going to win. Sure, sure. You know, and he ain't coaching. He ain't coaching Kent State, and neither is Nick Saban. So, all right. I'm not gonna, well, all look, right. our uh, our, yeah, our side tangent wasn't as as uh, thrilling as they fun. usually are. Not this time. That's oh. okay. We'll get you next week. Sorry, that's all right. What you got, Chris? You know, we could we could pick all night, but guys, it's it's time to wrap this up. They charge us too much to to publish this. Got it. We're on a we're on an hour and thirty. So, uh, jocks, if you need somebody to fill a time slot, we can do it. Um, Chris already plugged us, so uh, you guys heard that. You can find us. Everywhere in the world, if it's the social media app, we're probably there. Way offside, that's four A's. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, let's, let's, hey, before yeah. before, we, hey, why don't why don't we uh, let them know that we are working on some things to do, kind of some uh, some kind of after dark, you know, call in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, yeah. Um, if you're going to follow us, you definitely want to follow us on uh, X or Twitter. Um, we're going to have some uh, kind of 
different content coming up soon. Uh, probably going to look at setting up Patreon pretty soon and a website. And so uh, our subscribers will be able to join us for uh, more mature content. Now, that is not to say that we're going to be running wild and, and, and being ridiculous human beings, but uh, it'll be less censored than it is now. How about that? Jack's got a speedo. Yeah, I'll, I will. Uh, I'll do the show in a speedo. Just kidding. That is that is not going to happen. Um, be on the lookout for a post um, about uh, picks. You guys get to pick uh, what the loser does. Um, again, it's going to be within reason, so we'll pick just unanimously based on comments. Um, so be on the lookout. Share. Tag your friends in the comments. Let them know to come uh, pick a punishment for whoever loses picks this week. And that's all I've got, Chris. You want to close this out, man? Yeah, let's let's take it home. Hey, we we appreciate you listening to us. Share it all you can. Tell everybody about it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be we'll be talking to you guys in another week. So don't forget to read your Bibles and roll tide. Roll, roll tide. tide. <laughs>